Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Concussion is a serious thing in sport, but how long do you have to wait? Now, no head traumatic injury is the same as another, but across different sports, there's different rules about how long you have to wait to recover from a concussion. But it'd be better if there was good data on how long you need to wait and a better, clearer way to assess that. This week, we look at concussions, how to measure and recover from them. If you've been watching sporting events in recent years, maybe you've been watching the Women's FIFA World Cup of football, maybe other codes of football, NFL, rugby, or other sports, maybe like cycling you'll probably be aware of concussion protocols. These things are becoming more and more part of the sporting lexicon. Now, in years gone past, if an athlete had a knock or blow to the head, they fell on the ground, or they had a particularly rough tackle with another player or an object, they may have been a bit groggy, a bit dizzy, you might have seen them be a bit slower to respond, but generally you would have found that actually those athletes would have powered through. And in sports like NFL in particular and other hard contact sports, but not exclusive of course because non-contact sports like say cycling can also have a pretty serious problem with head injuries. Not necessarily at the beginning, but a long sustained career of head injuries and head trauma can lead to we've seen in cases in NFL and other places, severe long-lasting negative impacts on people's lives, shortening them, giving them severe brain damage and all other kinds of complications later in life. Uh, Chronic traumatic encephalitis, or CTE, can also be tied to a number of very nasty end consequences for people and those around them, as that brain damage gets worse and worse over time. There's things like class action lawsuits going ahead in many of the different sports, and not just for the legal reasons, many of the sports now have in place concussion protocols, some rules to govern when and when a player can't come back to the arena of play. Now, this sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. In Australia, rules football, AFL, in the recent years there was a big controversy because two players went down from a pretty nasty tackle. Both were immediately immobile on the ground, very clearly concussed. One was administered the concussion protocol test and not let gone back on to play because the test itself takes around 15 minutes. And the other was sent straight back out onto the field. This is pretty cynical behaviour from the team management, but it shows what can happen if you don't apply standards consistently. When athletes and coaches are involved in the decision-making process, it's pretty tricky. And especially when those concussion protocol tests actually require you to be off the field of play for a period of time. That makes it not really palatable in some sports where you can't be absent for that long. In games like cricket, they actually allow a substitute to be in place for in case of a concussion. This is pretty odd for cricket because actually if you even have a broken leg, they don't allow a substitution. But concussion, okay. As a sign of the times changing, they actually allow you to substitute a player in of similar skill and quality. That's a reasonable step. Other sports, like cycling, have a concussion protocol test that needs to be administered, but then you could be out of the race 
for that length of time it takes to do the test, 10 to 15 minutes. And in a tight race, nobody really wants to get that left behind. That could be the end of your three-week-long trip. So there's a lot of reasons why people try to think about faster ways or better ways to measure concussion, which aren't just limited to the health, unfortunately, of the athlete in question. Now, the problem is, really, that most of the ways we have of testing and assessing for concussions require a test of, of memory, recall, and concentration, and performance. All of these things take time. Now, if you had a more accurate way, a more clear way of doing these measurements, maybe you could assess if someone is concussed or not much faster and more accurately. So that would be great, but it's a really big area of active research. Now, there is a device that has just been investigated and published in the journal JAMA Network Open and from researchers from the University of California, San Francisco. And this particular study, the UC San Francisco researchers, are trying to understand the way concussion works through using a special device patented and developed by UC San Francisco and licensed out to the company MindRhythm. It's a way of actually putting some kind of headband on the athletes and using that to understand the way in which the force is acting on the skull. Now, what it's actually trying to measure is what they call a head pulse. Now, when your body is pumping blood around it, keeping it functioning, you can feel your pulse in certain regions of your body, the blood pumping through your veins. And your brain has a lot of blood that pumps through it as well. So you can actually measure these subtle forces of the head pulse to see how that blood flow to the brain changes and which regions receive more or less blood flow. That's the idea of this clever device. Though not officially licensed for approved yet for use by the FDA, it is undergoing trials. And one of those trials has actually taken place on 101 young adults playing Australian Rules Football, AFL, in Australia. And that is the case that was actually published in this pub journal paper in JAMA Network Open. Now, in particular, this 101-person trial of people playing Australian Rules Football, which is not involving helmets typically, for those of you who aren't aware, and is somewhere a combination between rugby, NFL, basketball, all played on a cricket pitch. It's very aerial, it's very fast moving, and while it does have tackling, it's that's really not like in the same way that rugby does. So it's a version of football that's only played in Australia that's pretty unusual. But in this case, the study was looking at 101 people. And when they did this over the course of this study, they were looking at, in particular, they captured 44 concussion incidents. And because these people were wearing the headset, they could actually get information about the concussion and the recovery process. Now, what they saw is that actually there were noticeable changes in the subtle way of these head pulses and work, the blood flowing around the brain. And on average, those changes detected by the headset lasted actually longer than the symptoms felt by the players who had a concussion, around 12 days longer, in fact. And this is interesting because patients were reporting symptoms of concussion, but the biometrics measured by the data were actually showing there was more time needed. And this is the 
comes back to a larger point. If you're trying to see if someone is ready to return to field of play, not talking instantly, I'm talking even after weeks of recovery and checking, how long do they have to be out for? If the person is reporting no symptoms and they pass the current tests, well, they would be, in most conditions, allowed back on. But those symptoms are not necessarily the complete picture. And that's what this device and this particular study is outlining. You're actually having symptoms for much longer than you would normally think. And this realizes all kinds of concerns around when you actually and how you make those decisions about return to play. Simply being symptom-free may not be enough. Now, of course, the headset alone is not a magical miracle device. It's just measuring a kind of pulse. You still have to use other biometric data and medical professionals to make judgments. But because playing these sports puts the brain at risk, and if you continue to play once already concussed and your brain hasn't had the chance to fully recover, it's actually much, much more dangerous and much, much more damaging. So seeing when the brain activity is truly back to normal is really important for making that decision about when to let people go back to play. Now, at the moment, this particular device is going through the FDA approval processes and more clinical trials will likely be needed. But it is a good way of providing real data to take the decision-making solely out of the decision hands of the player or their management staff to give them something a bit more factual and empirical base to assess on. It's really important because having these really clear measures of health of the brain can help athletes avoid other serious multiple concussions or CTE that can result from playing once you're already concussed. So this is a great device being developed at the UC San Francisco and a paper published in the journal JAMA Network Open about how you can measure and monitor return to play after concussions by studying the brain pulse, the blood flow through the brain and the way that that changes before, during and after a head injury like a concussion. Lead author on this paper was Kathra Halabi, Linda Norton, Kevin Norton and Wade Smith. Assessing exactly when you should return to play after a concussion, it can be pretty tricky. And normally, actually, they have an assessment process to see if you're on a fast recovery track from concussion or a slow track. And slow is normally defined as being more than 14 days before symptoms resolve and or needing more than 24 days to return to play. And look, most athletes are around 80% of athletes with concussion are underneath those times. So if you're beyond that, you're considered on a slow recovery path. But the question then is, how long do you really have to wait? The previous study we talked about, the device there was actually tracking signs of brain change after the symptoms are gone. But the normal existing methods are based around symptomatic presentation. So if you no longer have symptoms, normally that's around 14 days for most people allowed to be back to normal health, you know, after those symptoms have gone. 
Now, researchers from Indiana University School of Medicine, including lead author on this particular paper, Thomas McAllister, published in the journal Neurology from the American Academy of Neurology. And what they were looking at in particular was around 1,700 college athletes, all of them who had been diagnosed with a concussion by a team physician. Now, in this breakdown, around 63% of them were male and 37% female. Now, what sports? It's a mix, with the male athletes primarily coming from football and soccer and basketball, and the female athletes primarily from soccer, volleyball, and basketball as well. Now, in this, the scientists were trying to understand how long does it take to recover? And so they tried to assess the symptomatic response for these people. And first, they were looking at how long it took symptoms to go away. And they're evaluating these patients five times. The first time within six hours after the injury. One a further one to two days later. Then once they were free of the symptoms. And then once they were cleared to play. And one final time as a control around six months later. Now, the patients were also reporting their symptoms daily to the medical staff after 14 days following the injury. And then weekly if they still hadn't returned to play. And around 400 of those athletes were on the slow recovery path, around 23%. Now, the slow recovery path means it takes them more than 14 days after symptoms to resolve. And that's meaning they're not actually back in action for a while. Now, researchers found that of the athletes who took longer than 24 days to return to play, more than three-fourths of those, 78%, they were able to come back within 60 days. And that number got higher and higher the longer you let it go. Within 90 days of injury, there's only really 11% who not managed to return to play. So that suggests that time, the recovery time, is important. The longer you leave it before going back to play, the better chance you have of a proper recovery. Now, for that slow recovery group, the average time for returning to play was around 35 days after injury. That's much slower than the normal 13 days of the overall cohort that was studied. But difference there of around 20 days isn't the end of the world for those athletes. They were able to get there, but they needed time. They shouldn't have been rushed back to the field of play. And with giving them that time, they were able to make a recovery. It just requires a bit of patience. Now, that's something that often is quite difficult for a professional athlete and sporting administrator because, well, the athlete, for want of other purposes, might appear well or unsymptomatic. But actually, time is really what you need to be waiting for to get the best outcomes for the people. And unfortunately, as we saw in this particular study, there's a lot of variance. So what is the time taken to recover can vary from person to person, sport to sport, impact to impact. Because no head impact is the same because no force or body are actually identical. So as a result, there's no hard and fast rule for recovery times for concussions, which is what highlighted by this particular study in the journal Neurology. But it does go to show that if you give that time, there's a longer and better chance of recovery as long as you're able to wait for it. And that means not rushing back onto the field of play, giving the body time to heal and tracking those symptoms to disappear. This paper was published in the journal Neurology. Lead author of this paper was Thomas Walker and researchers from Indiana State University. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, The Grange Point. 
Time is one of the greatest things you can give a brain to recover from a concussion. But actually having accurate measurements on how the brain is recovering is also really helpful in guiding the decision-making process. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.